audiokids.com podcast, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, I'm very excited. Today we have Lindsay and Marilyn with us from, is it the Bell Mare Book Company? Yes, ma'am. Yes, and where did you come up with that name? I was actually, just kind of a little backstory, the, when I had my son in 2015, um, I was I'm a journalist, and so I was excited to buy him all the books and teach him to share my love of reading. I went to, you know, the major retailers and started looking up cowboy and ranch books, and there just weren't any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm a writer. Maybe I can write a book for him. And so I sat down one snowy day, and he was six months old at the time and asleep in my lap, and I wrote our first book, Short Go Makes the NFR, and then I... Um, pawned my mom, Marilyn, who is a closet artist, um, into illustrating this book for him. And then it just kind of took off and became a book that we felt like maybe we needed to share with others. So the Bell Mare Book Company was created because I was sitting at my computer one day and praying about what I should name our company and kind of what we wanted to look like and what we were going to represent. And I had a stack of magazines with my stories in them sitting next to my computer. And there was a little corner of the magazine sticking out. And it said, um, it was a story that I had written and it said barrel racing bell mare on it, which is not the title I had given it, but the magazine I submitted it to, um, had changed my title. And I thought bell mare, and so I, you know, thought that's kind of what the moms that are going to be reading these books to their children are like. They're bell mares. They're leading their herd. You know, they're kind of unsung heroes who do a lot of the work and don't get a lot of the credit. And maybe that's what our company should be about. We're two, two rodeo moms um, at various stages in life that are just trying to lead our own our own kids and grandkids into the horse world and the rodeo and ranching world, but also others, giving others an opportunity to maybe get a glimpse inside the rodeo and ranch life that aren't part of this circle. That is such a cool story and so true, I think. You know, there are a lot of moms out there. I own rodeokids.com, and then I have another website called the Performance Pony Company. But both of those companies have ambassador programs and the moms of these kids and of the next generation and grandparents and everything, like they have a, a, a big role on their on their shoulders, a big task on their shoulders, and they don't get a lot of credit sometimes. So I think that's a really, really cool story how you came up with that name. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like felt like it was meant to be and it's it's kind of shaped our whole um business strategy really yeah very neat so you were a writer before you started this yes um i started doing freelance journalism in 2005 while i was still in college just trying to make a little extra money going through college and then um i've had a really great long-standing relationship with the american quarter horse association and they have let me write stories for them on contract since 2005 so um I still yeah I have I now have three kids and live in north central Oklahoma so my freelance 
career is not quite as mm-hmm. robust as it used to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still try and write several a year for them and enjoy every minute of it while I'm, while I'm doing it. That's great. And your mom is a, a closet artist, you called her. So does she just do that for fun? Mostly, yes. Before my girls were born, I painted quite a bit in oils, and my stuff looked like realistic photographs type. Oh, very cool. Uh, and then kind of just drew little doodles from there on after they were born, just little things that they wanted draw a horse, draw a cow, draw. Mm-hmm. And so, so I kind of just put it in the back burner for a long time. And then Lindsay came up with this idea. So everything back out again. Yeah. What a cool opportunity for you guys to be able to do that together. Yeah. That's been the best part of it is getting to do it together. Because when Lindsay was little, you know, the internet wasn't around then. Right. And I tried books for her and couldn't find any. And at the time, I thought, well, I could write better books than what. I don't care, but mm-hmm. I did nothing. So when Lindsay was willing to do something about it, it was like, okay, I was meant to do this, but not now. I was meant to do it with Lindsay later. That's a that's so cool. It's amazing how those things work out. Um, my mom and I also have a, a very close working relationship, and uh, she's always been a very entrepreneurial person, entrepreneurial person, and she's actually an artist as well. She makes horsehair pottery which I'm not much on assisting with that, but she does. She's got her own artistic taste, but with the Performance Pony Company and RodeoKids.com, she's been the person that I bounce ideas off of and ask her questions, and, you know, she's got her input, which comes from having five kids and more experience in the industry. She's helped produce rodeos, and, and she can just look at it from a different angle and a different lens than I can, so I definitely appreciate and understand that mother-daughter relationship and creating things and it it is special it's such a special bond and I think it it adds that much more value to the passion that's behind you know your books and my businesses for instance absolutely so that's the background on the Belmare book company and I'm inspired by that and I love that, you know, you saw a need and you went after it. And today I was talking to a friend of mine just about your books and I had given his daughters the short go makes the NFR book and just how neat it was in the story about it. And he said, you know, it really is hard to find books for my girls that are like this, that talk about the industry and kind of inspire them to get involved and stay involved and go outside and ride their horses. So kudos to you ladies for putting that together. I think it's really cool. Well, we, we just both feel like horses and the Western way of life were just so influential on our, our own lives that this is a, a way that we can use the talents we were given to kind of pay that forward. Yeah, so let's give the listeners a little bit of background about yourselves. You said you're both rodeo moms, and I assume since uh, you're both rodeo moms, that means that you rodeoed as well, Lindsay? Yes, ma'am, yeah. We um, basically grew up riding horses. I mean, mom was just one of those moms that gave me every opportunity to fall in love uh, with horses and stay hooked, and I'm so grateful that she did. Uh, we, of course, went through the, well, junior rodeos weren't, I mean, they were a little bit of a thing, but definitely not to the extent that they are now. So mm-hmm. we did junior rodeos you know, when they were around, 
and went through the high school rodeos and college rodeoed a little bit um, as well. And then now I live in um, Oklahoma with my husband and my three kids. Uh, I have a son and then identical twin daughters. And um, they are starting to get into the horses and we're starting to go to junior rodeos. And so kind of I'm getting a different view. I mean, I knew the amount of work and time that mom put into making horses and rodeo happen for us. But now I really know the amount of time and work that mom put into making horses and rodeo happen for us. So, um, I'm sure that gives you a whole new respect for it. Oh, absolutely. Marilyn, did you grow up in a rodeo family? I grew up in a ranching family. My dad, is the first generation horseback rider in my family and he always wanted to be a cowboy and he started uh he was one of the pioneers in the feedlot industry out in southwest kansas and so i grew up riding pens and cleaning waterers and doctoring cattle and there were a few little britches rodeos around us when i was younger and i of course did those and then i high school rodeoed also and college rodeoed at K-State. So, um, and I still team rope and run barrels all the time now. So we're still active involved in that lifestyle and my family still ranches and, um, my dad since has since passed. The book, new book is about, um, a time when he took Lindsay to the ranch and, um, he died in the middle of making the book. So, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I'm sure that's a, it's still very special for him and and what a cool, what a cool way to remember him. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I have a little different memory of it than mom does because I was six. Mm -hmm. Um, Both books, Short Go Makes Me an Afar and Short Go's Big Ranch Adventure were both, um, based on a childhood memory of mine because I just feel like you know, you can tell the best story if you've actually lived it. So I wanted to write something that I knew about, but that I also thought other kids out there would experience as well. So this, uh, the new book, Short Go's Big Ranch Adventure, is about Short Go and his two cow kids, um, Elsie and Max, and they're headed to the family's ranch, and they're going to get to gather pears and work calves, and they find... Um, adventure along their trail which is very similar to um, what happened with me and my grandpa we ran into a little adventure on our trail that I'm sure my mom that was you know back at the working pens with my younger sister probably is glad she did not witness (laughs) yes uh, it's definitely an eye-opening experience in the book but yeah I think a lot of kids do can relate to and it it's a it's such a cool book I really enjoyed reading it We appreciate that. It's a labor of love, so it's always nice to hear that other people enjoy it, too. Yeah. Well, and like you said, these are – your books are based on on real-life experiences that other kids probably do experience. And if they aren't experiencing – like the the short go makes the NFR. You know how many of us have those NFR dreams from when we're little? And the way that it's explained and talked about in the book, to me, it just – Makes me want to want to see kids out in the arena playing and reenacting the same things that you experienced, and I think it will encourage kids to use their imagination and 
put in that work and and have fun with those dreams. Absolutely. And that's our real goal behind it, you know, giving kids, just getting their thoughts rolling. You know, with kids, um, it just doesn't take much. It just takes the speed and their imaginations can run wild. And then horses fill in the rest of the gaps, you know, they make the rest of the fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you can just spark that little the hint of imagination to to get them out in the arena and get outside it, and I think that's exactly what both of these books do. And as for the second one, Shargo, uh, is big ranch adventure. I think you know I can relate to that. And my grandparents were never involved in, in rodeo or horses or anything, but my dad has always been involved in it and getting to go gather pears and and anytime he got to do anything ranch related, like I wanted to go with him. Anything out of the arena, I love arena work. I love all that stuff, but. Just being able to go experience that stuff that the big kids get to do and the adults get to do. I mean, it's it's cool, it's exciting, it's exhilarating, and you never know what's going to happen. And that's how stories and memories are made. And, and sharing that in these books, I think, is definitely going to inspire some kids to, to go. And I think it's also going to inspire some parents to take their kids with them and to give them the opportunity to use their imagination and maybe not so much focus strictly on events and practicing hard sometimes. That just sounds like music to my ears. That's exactly what we want with this book. And the fact that you interpreted all of that from reading it is just, that's awesome. Oh, good. I think uh, that just means you sent the right message. Why did you decide to write the second book? <laughs> well, um, you know, we wrote the first one and we were just kind of like, well, let's, let's just see what happens, you know. And it, it's old and it's still selling and um, there's still people discovering it for the first time. Um, and it's being well received. And so we started getting comments about, you know, when is the next book going to come out? Well, in between Short Go Makes the NFR and Short Go's Big Ranch Adventure, the twins were born. So they pretty well halted. Yeah. <laughs> for a while there. When did you, when um, was the first book written? It was written in 2017. So that's only three years ago. So that's not that long ago. And, you know, it takes a long time for these kinds of things to spread in any industry. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's, you're right. It is really, I mean, you really could still consider it in the infancy stages. It seems, um, you know, it doesn't seem that way to us because of all the blood, sweat, and tears that we've put into it. But you're right, it really is. Um, so we just, we got a lot of requests and we got some requests from people that we really think highly of. And so it just kind of got our wheels turning. But mostly I think the timing of it was I just was sitting on, um, kind of, you know, there's, I had a lot of ideas about what else Shortco and LT and Max could do, but none of them just felt right. So it just kind of took me praying and meditating on ideas until this one came along. And of course, you know, I had no idea that Grandpa Jim would pass away when this story formed. Um, mm-hmm. So that definitely um, God's intervention. Well, he got to hear the when he sent him the copy, and so he got to hear this. He just never got to see any of the illustrations. 
Oh, how what a cool thing for him though. I'm sure that just made him so proud and I'm sure he appreciates it and, and you know, he's looking down on heaven and he's gonna make sure that this book gets into the hands of the right people to help continue continue growing the industry and keeping families and kids involved in it. I mean it's God's got a way to to make those things work out for, for the people's benefit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And he was I mean, he was just I mean, ranching was his passion and his life, and that's what he loved the most. So something that helps help families on the ranch, it's more people involved in ranching would have been something that, that he would have been behind. Yeah, and he probably didn't even realize he's going to have as big of an impact as he's going to. <laughs> Sometimes those, just the way the legacy lives on is, is what's really important, and the stories that, that come from it. Absolutely. Are there going to be any more books? <laughs> That's always a million dollar question. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably early to ask that too. You just got you're just getting the second one going. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mom, all of the illustrations in the book, including the coloring book, we have a coloring book as well, are hand drawn, and then in the book they're also hand painted. So it takes hours and hours and hours. Her mom. I mean, it's basically like a, a painting on every single page. So, you know, I think she needs to probably rest her little painting hand for a while. <laughs> Go uh, spend a little time healing some spheres and mm-hmm. running barrels. And maybe she'll, <laughs> maybe she'll be open to the idea to working at something again. But I'm not sure we have the right idea for the third book yet anyway. So she's got time. Yeah, one step at a time. Yeah. And your second book, it is just launching, is it today? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday, October 1st, 2020, it launched. What an exciting day. It, it was. It was a really exciting day. We're super grateful um, for all of our family and friends. Um, you know, it, it took a village to get it here. So we're really thankful for everyone who made yesterday happen, including people like you who are carrying the book as a retailer. Well, we're glad to have it. It's such a cool thing to offer our customers. And can you tell us a little bit about what the process is? And I mean, you've told us how the book got created and your part and your mom's part of, of developing it. But once you get it written down on your notebook paper and sh- or whatever paper you write it on and she gets the illustrations, what happens next? I'm going to let mom take that one because she actually lives down the road. We use a local printer. Um, in the Midwest, they're all created, printed, shipped from the U.S., um, which is uncommon. Not not many books, uh, not many authors choose to print here in the U.S. Um, so she gets a first kind of inside look um, with the printer. So I'll let her take yeah. that one. What happens is Lindsay sends me the script. And then I read it and think about it and decide um, where to make the page break mm-hmm. by what I in my mind while I'm reading the words. And then I'll send it back to Lindsay with idea of what I would think would be a good drawing for that page. And we pass that back and forth for quite some time. It takes us just about a full year to get it done. And then uh, once we get the page break, um, well, I went into the printer this time. Last time I drew all the drawings. We did all the page breaks and everything before we ever had a meeting with the printer. 
and we learned from that. Last time we drew, I drew really small paintings, and then we blew them up to the size of the book, and it kind of created some problems, so this time we made drawings much bigger than the book and shrunk them down, and the details and things stayed more true going the other direction, shrinking mm-hmm. rather than blowing. Yeah, and, and but then, I'm sure that took you a little bit more time if you're creating bigger pictures. Oh, yeah. It, it probably quadrupled the amount of time I spent. Oh, painting. wow. But I think readers are going to, I mean, the first book was great, and, I mean, Mom did a fantastic job, but, I mean, this one just blew me out of the water with the illustrations. They're, they're just incredible. They're something that a professional illustrator who does this for a living would do, I think, and, you know, Mom's just doing this. They twisted her arm. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they're fantastic. You know, I, I don't know the difference, but to me, um, I, I do understand the quality of photos and pictures, and I, I thought that everything about the book was great. The illustrations are, are crisp and clear in both books, but I, I can see where if you're comparing them, um, you know, one's maybe a little bit clearer and crisper than the other, but they're both awesome and so relatable. Yeah, I think you did a fantastic job. When I get all of the illustrations painted, then I take those down to the printer, and they scan them all in, and then um, they typeset the words in. You know, I take them to script with the page breaks on them. And in the process of making the paintings, you also have to think about how you paint it because you have to leave a place for the wording to go. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to forward think where you think the best placement on the page might be for the wording. And then once they get all of that done, then they shoot Lindsay a low-resolution copy. And then I go in and actually look at it on their computer screens in full resolution. And we make any changes or alterations that, you know, we need done. You have to double edit it three or four times because sometimes it's like like this time, one of our mock-up books they printed, the verbiage was perfect in, but we had a few little things we wanted to move just a little bit, and we decided we wanted the type style and the font size to match in both books, just to kind of make them look like they belong together as mm-hmm. a series. And when we did that, a word disappeared out of the book. Oh no! It just, just got lost in computer land. So you really have to be. I think that's probably the most time-consuming of the whole thing is making sure that every little piece is on every little page. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. Yeah. And what what works well for Lindsay and I, things I'm good at, she's not, and things she's really good at. I'm not, so I think we balance each other out really well. Yeah, it sounds like you complement each other very well for this kind of task. And the best part about doing the illustrations larger, there were some smaller details and things I wanted to include in the first book, but the paint, it was just too difficult to make things that small. So, like, this time, like, I got to paint a little mouse hiding behind a feed bucket in the barn. You would have never seen that little mouse the other way. Or he would have been so distorted 
And this way, it was easy to paint him on the painting, but yet he was still there when you shrunk it down. So we've learned quite a bit in this process. Lots of trial and error. Yeah. Yes, I've learned that through through everything. It's, you know, you start out and it, it's great and it's good. And most people don't know the difference. But the things that you learn just make it that much better the second time around. The learning curve was not nearly as this time yes absolutely yes and, and, uh, and mom and I both like you know we want to get other people's kids involved in horses and rodeo and ranching but we also someday you know it will be really cool if my kids are laying down in bed with their kids reading the books that you know their grandma and their great-grandma created together so when you think about it in that light it makes you want your product to turn out even more perfect than you would otherwise because this is kind of your legacy. You know, this is a tangible legacy that you can leave to your own family. Yes, that's something that I can definitely relate to with the with both of our my companies. You know, the Performance Pony Company is all, it's all pony tack and bits and, and I don't have any kids at this point in time, but I, I do work with a lot of kids and it's fun to see them grow up, and, and the goal is that when I do have kids, that they can utilize these products and that it can help them perform better. And same thing with their kids and, you know, grandkids, and just very similar to what you guys are doing with your book. And with rodeokids.com, our goal is just to increase the same exact as yours, to in, increase the the people who are interested in rodeo and try to in ranching and just the lifestyle in general that we love so much and to help people stay enthused about it and learn about the opportunities and, and even on into college and afterwards, you know, we want them to stay involved throughout their whole lives. And we're trying to do our part to make sure that that can happen. And that's why our two companies work so well together, I think, is because we really have the same the same end goals, even though we're going about it in two different ways. Yeah, and it takes everybody in the industry, whether you're making clothes or writing books or pony tack or just giving people a platform to find events. You know, it takes everybody to make the industry tick and to continue on. Absolutely. We appreciate what you're doing as well. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so where can people find this book at? They can find it on rodeokids.com. I do have it there. Where else can they find it? Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can look us up under Short Go Children's Books. And then um, we also are in some Western stores um, across the country. And then we, our website is the Bellmare Book Co. Okay. And who who do you see as your target audience for these books? We typically say anyone, um, kids zero to ten. Uh, new moms love getting it as a baby shower book because especially, you know, moms that are passionate about the Western way of life. Um, and then also older kids are starting to read on their own actually we've had a lot we didn't really anticipate that that's not really what we thought when we first launched but um, we have quite a few older kids that enjoy reading it as well because it's just a you know a short book that they can 
pretty easily read. Uh, there might be a word or two here and there that they need help with, but um, it's one that a, a fast read for them as well. Yeah. I've also, I've also run into some junior high age kids that just have a blast finding some little or little toddlers to read it to. And rodeo queens have really hooked on to the Short Go Make CNFR book. And they take it to libraries and read to kids, you know, all yeah, over. Yeah, what a great idea. That's something that I might incorporate into um, our Rodeo Kids Ambassador Program and the Performance Pony Company, our, our pony pros, asking them to read a book to about rodeo or about ranching, something including the lifestyle to a younger person. That's a really good idea. The Queens just took hold of it and ran. And they they did a lot for rodeo using the book, and we never we never really thought about used that way. But they sure did. Yeah, mom would probably never willingly. I mean, she would never promote this, but she was Miss Rodeo Kansas. Oh, I never got into the rodeo um, queen scene, but. I'm sure in the back of my mind that 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 background and that history shapes the story. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't doesn't know, um, Shorgo ends up getting to carry Miss Rodeo America at the NFR in that book. And so Miss Rodeo America, that um, corporation, really got behind this book and was uh, great about helping us you know, push it. They still buy books every year to put in their um, booths at the finals, and um, they've, you know, that's kind of how we, we got to end with all of those rodeo queens, um, but it's been really fun to see where they've taken the book, because um, it's places we never dreamed about, and, you know, they're, for the most part, reading it to kids that have no prior knowledge of the sport, and the fact that those kids are loving it is awesome. Yeah, well, I don't know any little kid in the world. I mean, they might be scared of horses, but I feel like every little kid has a little dream of owning a horse or a pony someday at some point in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether they girls. Yes. Whether they live in the town, in town, in the city, or out in the country, everybody wants to have a pony at some point in their life. Horses have a way of drawing people in and drawing people together, for sure. Yeah, they're very, very cool animals, and I've learned so much from them and in giving lessons and how much they can, they're so good for the soul, and for families to be able to do that together as a pastime is just such an awesome opportunity for all of us. Absolutely. My husband and I always say, you know, we're never, we're not going to force our kids to share our passion, but we're going to give them every opportunity to fall in love with it that we can because, you know, we're so, my husband and I are so close with my mom and dad because we can go to roping together and we can, you know, rope at the house together and we can go run barrels together and there's just no sport that kids who are six parents who are in their 30s and grandparents who are in their 50s can all do together. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And that's a good way to look at it. And we're the same way here. My parents um, both rodeoed when I was growing up. My first rodeo, in fact, was when I was five days old. And my mom worked for a rodeo company and ran barrels. And my dad's a team roper and still are today. 
at first I wasn't super interested in it. You know, I had all the opportunities in the world, but they didn't push me, which was a good thing probably at the time. Uh, if I wanted to do it, though, the horse was there and I did still have to put work into it if I wanted to go to the barrel race or wherever I wanted to. They made sure that I got the horse in shape first. But they never forced it upon me. It wasn't something I had to do. And it wasn't until I got into junior high. I played all sports in junior high. And it was right before I went into high school, about a month before the first high school rodeo, I decided that I, I wanted to be a cowgirl. And I pretty much quit all other sports and I got hooked. And now everything that I do is in this industry and for this industry. So I think you're doing a good job trying to provide the opportunities for them, but not force it also. Yeah. Well, like I told Lindsay, I said it didn't matter. Anytime the guys asked me to saddle the pony or the horse, it didn't matter to me whether they rode them five minutes or five hours. They asked. If today the only one to ride five minutes, that was fine. We unsaddled it, and we were done. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be horse all day long. That's what we did that day. Yeah. He actually let me throw a birthday party for my Shetland pony oh and de- decorated the barn, made a cake, let me invite my friends. Like, when I say he went above and beyond him to, like, give us the opportunity to fall in love with horses, she went above and beyond because my pony, for my kids, has yet to have his own birthday. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cute idea, though. I guess I've never heard of that one before. Oh, yeah. And my, yeah, my pony was evil, too. She didn't really deserve her own birthday party. But um, I still loved her. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there's a lot of that, and I think even as we get older, we have that problem, too. Even when they're evil, we still like them. (laughs) Yeah, I have one that I have to take to the vet on Monday, and she is just, she has been throwing me for a loop, and I'm not sure what's going on, and it's just that battle between, well, I've had her since she was two, and this just isn't her personality, I don't think, and I just, I love her, and I want her to be good, and then the other part of me says... She's just a horse. You need to sell her. But we all still have that little girl in us that loves our horses. No, I, I always joke that God gives me the crazy and the crippled horses because he knows I'll take care of them and never sell them and get them through whatever issue they need. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I just wonder if I'm going to break myself doing it financially. <laughs> we might. <laughs> yes. Well, that's such a cool story, and thank you, ladies, so much for for sharing your story with us. And uh, you know, I just encourage every parent that's out there, or friend, or family member, to purchase this book for the horse lover, or the potential horse lover, industry lover in your life, because this one, these books are such a great way to to get started and inspire everybody, and for the the kids and the adults, you know, it, it inspires me to let my kids in the future have that imagination and and play those games. And uh, it's just worth it to have that in your bookshelf. And and they're very affordable books too. So they're great stocking stuffer items are, like you said, great for baby gifts or toddler gifts or or whatever age. I think it's it's definitely one that you need to have in your house. Well, thank you. We sure appreciate that. You bet. And I think that's, uh, I think we can call it a wrap. (laughs) 
Thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time to tune in to the RodeoKids.com podcast today. We do ask that you share it with your friends. Our goal is to educate people and help bring people together and provide information for the families in the industry to get up and down the road and to learn and to grow and just help keep building this awesome lifestyle that we're all so blessed to leave. So share it on Facebook, Instagram, tag your friends, tell them about it. Let us know what you think too. We would love to hear your thoughts, your suggestions, and who you'd like to hear from next. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Safe travels down the road and God bless.